What's up, everybody? I'm Jason Weisenberg. And I'm Michael Weisenberg. Welcome to Weisland. We got a lot going on, a lot of big news coming in the basketball world as of today. So, Mikey, let us start with that McDonald's All-American rosters were released today. Yes, sir. And um, they're not having the game. Oh, yes, not, not having not having the game. Yeah. Not having the game, nonetheless, quite an honor. And yes, like I, I think, you know, for the second year in a row, not having this game is, it has to be pretty devastating for people that had looked forward to this. And it, it is a huge accomplishment. Um, the, you know, the history of this game, the fact that you get to spend a few days with some of the top players in your high school class, it's kind of like that senior accomplishment as well. And um, you know, the, the vast history of the game, playing a, a game on nationally televised. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's a bummer. But yeah, nonetheless, they did release a roster. Last year, they gave them a lot of very cool swag. So as they should, I remember in college, my, my neighbor Malik Hairston was an all McDonald's All-American. And then when he'd walk around the, the, the dorms in the cafeteria there with his McDonald's All-American shorts, People were pretty peanut butter and jealousy there, so it's it's pretty cool because again, oh, as they should have been. There's only yeah, there's only so many people that you know attain that status. It's a, it's for a, sure. A for sure. Every year they have to put like a big on the roster who maybe shouldn't be there, and um, they did that once again this year. But yeah, it nonetheless these are a bunch of top high school players and like. Obviously, without having a summer, I, I think the summer is usually the biggest time to kind of prove your worth as a McDonald's All-American candidate. You had some players even leave early for college who might have had a chance to uh, get a nomination. But yeah, let's just uh, go over the list and um, I'm just going to do it just alphabetically. Um, I, I know they did announce an East and West roster, but they're not playing the game. So uh, just uh, go over the, this list of the players that uh, received nominations today and um, Patrick Baldwin Jr. He's one of the top players in the high school class of 2021. He goes to Hamilton High School in Wisconsin. He is currently undecided, though I have heard that the, there seems to be a distinct possibility that he ends up playing for his father at Wisconsin-Milwaukee. That seems to be the latest news. Uh, Paulo Banchero out of O'Day in Seattle is going to Duke. Nathan Biddle from Prolific Prep in California, originally from Crater High School in Oregon, is going to University of Oregon. You have Kendall Brown at Sunrise Christian Academy. Um, I believe they're the second ranked team in the nation right now. And he's going to Baylor. Kobe Buskin, or Buffkin, out of Grand Rapids Christian High School is going to Michigan. Kenny Chandler, also Sunrise Christian Academy, is going to Tennessee. Max Christie, Rolling Meadows High School in Illinois is going to Michigan State. Damian Collins of Atlanta High School in Texas is going to Kentucky. J.D. Davison of Calhoun High School in Alabama is going to Alabama. Musa Diabate, originally from France, is at IMG Academy, has been there for the past couple of years, going to Michigan. Michael Foster from Hillcrest Prep is still undecided, but it seems like he's a distinct pro possibility. Jackson Grant of Olympia High School is going to University of Washington. AJ Griffin, or Adrian Drif Griffin Jr., the son of NBA assistant coach Adrian Griffin and former NBA player, is uh, out of Archbishop Stepanak in New York, is going to Duke. 
Jaden Hardy, um, Arenado or Coronado High School is still undecided and another pro possibility. Nolan Hickman uh, going to Wasatch Academy was originally at Eastside Catholic in Washington is going to Kentucky. Chet Holmgren out of Minnehaha Academy is still undecided. Pro possibility or Gonzaga uh, seem to be the two choices. Caleb Houston originally from Toronto, Ontario. Canada is at Montverde Academy going to Michigan. Harrison Ingram, St. Mark's School in Texas is going to Stanford. Trevor Keels out of Paul Six High School in Virginia is still undecided, though it seems like he is a Duke lean. Amino Muhammad out of Greenwood Laboratory School in Missouri is committed to Georgetown. Dacian Ruffin, Callaway High School in Mississippi, that's the same high school that Malik Newman went to, is uh, committed to Ole Miss. Hunter Salas out of Miller North High School is still undecided, though I think Kentucky, North Carolina, Seems like Blue Blood is likely to land him. Uh, Jabari Smith at Sandy Creek High School in Georgia is going to Auburn. He's the son of former NBA player and LSU player Jabari Smith. And Peyton Watson, small forward out of Long Beach Polytechnic High School, is headed to UCLA. So that is the list. And there were a few players that I, I think we want to mention that were possibilities and uh, just, I know Pro Insight kind of shouted them out, but they mentioned in alphabetical order, Tamar Bates, Matthew Cleveland, who was, I think the highest player uh, in the RSCI or 247 composite who was eligible. Um, he's a Florida State commit, Frankie Collins, he's a Michigan commit, Samson Johnson, Jordan Longino, um, Bryce McGowans, who's a Nebraska commit, and I think he was actually the highest in the 247 at least, but also very high in the RSCI. Manny Obaseki, who's committed to Texas A&M. Caden Perry, who's committed to Gonzaga. Kwasi Reeves, who is committed to Florida. And Jalen Worley, who is committed to Florida State, were just a few guys who at, at least were on the radar for possible nominations for the McDonald's game. Um, yeah, nonetheless, quite an honor and uh, very cool that they still made a list of players uh, who made the game. Yeah, it's, it's you know, gives them something to, to remember for, for the rest of their lives. And then, you know, hey, they, they, as mentioned, that year will be very, very nice. But I know ESPN will probably do a lot of airing of old McDonald's All-American games. And if you ever get a chance to, to catch those, they are pretty fun because, again, you see a lot of the current stars of the NBA at a very, you know, very young age, you know, it's pretty, it's yeah, pretty athleticism cool. and yeah, it, well, it's, it's, like always, LeBron, it's like always crazy. Young LeBron in a dunk contest, incredible, but then also like how much bigger he's gotten, you know, since coming to the NBA, like, you know, he was by comparison, a super skinny kid, even though he was like the most jacked up, like 18 year old ever. So, you know, like, yeah, always, always a fun, super, super fun game to watch. And then again, like, you know, if you're, if you're following the NBA draft, it's like, these are, you know, after this draft in June, these will be the next patch of, you know, people that are going to get discussed and talked about over the next basically summer and onward for, for the year. So, you know, always good to kind of follow McDonald's game and see what's going on. Also NBA today goes ahead. They also release their all-star rosters. They are proceeding with a game. They did not follow our advice. Nope. Um, hey, maybe do the McDonald's all American thing and just say like, Hey guys, you, you could have done it. <laughs> We don't have to all gather together here in Atlanta, but they're, they're going ahead with it. Yeah. 
They and, are indeed. So they said, you know, so LeBron is captaining on the West. They didn't listen to our hypothesis of Giannis. They went with Kevin Durant. Either <laughs> On the team that two I two highest vote getters, yeah. uh, like all across the board. Oh, and, yeah, no, yeah. No beef there. Like, I mean, oh yeah, it's going to be Team LeBron versus Team Durant, and uh, they are they are having a draft, and um, yeah, so they they did announce the All Star reserves today. They had already announced the All Star starters, but just for the sake of it, we'll um, just go over the teams. So in the Eastern Conference, the head coach is Doc Rivers. And they have uh, Kevin Durant as the team captain. Um, so he'll be choosing the game against Durant. Uh, LeBron. I think that's the first time that's happened. So uh, Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving were the two guards chosen. The two other front court players were Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and then as far as reserves, we have first-time All-Stars, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, and Julius Randle. Zach Levine, we talked about too, one of the you know the, the guys that could potentially make an all-star team one day. Yeah, we had talked about Jalen Brown too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, two of those guys, we didn't have Julius on that list. We did have Julius on our possibilities for the all-star game when we went over the uh, all-star predictions that we had. And we, we got most of them. And uh, so, yeah, joining them will be James Harden, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum playing in a second All-Star game, and Nikola Vucevic. So, yeah, um, they decided to go with Vooch over some other players. We were saying that Vooch was having, like, one of his best years, but still was a bit of a surprise seeing that Orlando's record is the way that it is. And then as far as the Western Conference, they're going to be coached by Quinn Snyder. So I'm assuming that Kevin Durant gets Doc Rivers and LeBron probably gets Quinn Snyder. Um, so, yeah, so we have LeBron James as team captain. The starters at guard were Stephen Curry and Luka Doncic. And then the front court starters were Nikola Jokic and Kawhi Leonard. Then we have first-time All-Star Zion Williamson. We have Anthony Davis, who likely will not play in the game. So probable injury replacement there. Paul George, Rudy Gobert in his second All-Star game. Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, and Chris Paul over his teammate Devin Booker. Yeah, that was definitely the, you know, a little bit of debate. I think even LeBron came out today on Twitter in support of Devin Booker, saying that he was a little underrated there get getting the snub but i mean chris paul is also what i will say always captain of the ship is yeah but what and chris paul is obviously lebron's best friend so i'm guessing lebron isn't saying that devin booker should have oh, made no, it no, instead he, of chris paul over chris paul he didn't name names but no he just said in it was a he just named names that, that's a thing i'm saying if you're saying a guy got snubbed you need to say who he got snubbed for that that is very important to me so yeah, I, I uses his status as LeBron for that kind of anonymity. Yeah, it's very true, very true. But yeah, so personally, like we had our All Star list, Jason, and the players that we named on the list that did not make the team for the West, I think just Devin Booker, and for the East. I, I will admit that, like leaving off Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is. 
there have been a, a few players who've had a pretty massive improvement since we made the list. And Ben Simmons is one of those players. So absolutely. I think everybody that made the team, like there was nobody who I was like, oh, this is like an egregious pick. Um, but I do feel like if you're looking at like Nikola Vucevic and Bam Adebayo, it's pretty close. And like, I, I would give it to Bam. But yeah, like that, that would be the one that I, I might like redo. And then Julius Randle was the, the other one because Chris Middleton's been playing so fantastic this year and having his best year ever and shooting like 50, 40, 90. And um, yeah, Milwaukee isn't as good as they've been the past couple of years. So that, that I think is, um, you know, another thing there that probably led to Chris Middleton not making the game is Milwaukee not being that like number one team in the league. Um, as they had been the past couple years. But yeah, I thought Julius Randle was playing fantastic basketball and New York is certainly in the, the thick of things in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Zach Levine has been really, really good this year also. And he was a player that we had left off that team. Um, so yeah, I think the players that we had instead of them, we had DeMontis Sabonis, we had Bam Adebayo, and we had who? Trey Young didn't make it. And Trey Young. That was the the other player. So, somewhat of a surprise, but I, I I would have to say Trey Young would be the person I would least fight for um, as far as not making the All-Star game. Due to Atlanta, obviously, like extenuating circumstances there because they started off really well and then lost an incredibly important piece in DeAndre Hunter and also in Bogdan Bogdanovich going down. Um, so yeah, they, they've had some injury issues, but yeah, after starting in the All-Star game last year, Trey Young does not make it this year. Um, another possibility, at least like when you were, when people were talking about snubs, Philadelphia has been a great team this year and Tobias Harris has also been uh, really good, had a, an excellent year for them. As far as the Anthony Davis injury replacement, I would put the odds on Devin Booker. Like that would be my pick. But um, I think DeMar DeRozan certainly has a chance. San Antonio has been playing well above people's expectations. And who was? De'Aaron Fox was also on the, like kind of our alternate watch. Oh yeah, honorable mention. Yeah, I'm, I had a few. De'Aaron Fox was one of them. Uh, Brandon Ingram was another one who was a possibility. And then I know that the analytics people and seeing that Utah has been as fantastic as they've been this year, are talking about Mike Conley Jr. possibly getting that last spot. And he has been great once again, and Utah has been so good. And he's obviously like a very valuable piece for them also. So yes, it's a, a team effort, but, um, and they do already have two all-stars, but if there was a team that deserved three all-stars, like Utah, I think, is even like a, a couple games ahead of the next best team in the NBA right now. Um, yeah, there are three games up on the, the Clippers in the Western Conference, and the, the Clippers would be ahead of even Philadelphia. So, yeah, Utah has been really like above and beyond this year. So it's, it's kind of crazy because I think that we had, when we did the best players never to make an all-star team, I think we – listed Mike Conley oh totally well because you know again he was like one of the high you know like when he signed that fat contract in Memphis like 
you know, you're paying this guy a lot of money. And he's always been good. But yeah, he's just never made that that hump, especially over a lot of the other. It's, it's not even hump. I, I just think it's, it's a hump. Those, yeah, it's like a lot of like, you have to beat a lot of Western Conference point guards yeah. out. You know, it's like Mike Conley versus Chris Paul. I was assuming that Mike Conley was just never going to make the game. And this might be his best chance he's ever had. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I know that he's always been in the thick of things, but, you know, when when Mike Conley wouldn't make it, people would usually say, well, you know, these guys have well, obvious cases over him. Again, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's just more of, like, there's so it's many. not even that Devin Booker has, like, I, I would say, like, I would go with Devin Booker, but it's hard to say he has an obvious case over Mike Conley because of just how dominant Utah has been as a team this year. And how do they do it now? Like, does the coach still pick the replacements? Like, wasn't that? I think the commissioner does. The commissioner, okay. Well, I think commissioners pick injury replacements. Okay, so yeah. yeah. Definitely. They'll be up to the commissioner. I'm, I'm sure he has people in his ear and, and things sure like that, but yeah. Listen to our show every once in a while. But, like last year, they chose Devin Booker. Devin Booker was an injury replacement. And, um, yeah, he, he originally wasn't supposed to make the all-star team, was chosen as an injury replacement, much deserved. And you figured, like, Phoenix is finally starting to win games. They're fourth place in the West. Um, and Chris Paul, obviously fantastic and a huge reason for that as well. But, yeah, it seems like Devin Booker's team, man. So, yeah, I, I, was, I was a little surprised by that. And, I, you know, obviously we leaned Devin Booker over Chris Paul, but – um yeah it's really hard to say you're too surprised to see chris paul in an all-star game um as one of the the better players in nba history but yeah i i thought they were they were interesting lists and they they kind of didn't necessarily go by the the rules um you know i i guess just with vooch like vooch has made an all-star game before but just still like with the way Orlando's played this year. And I, I know they obviously have extenuating circumstances as well. And um, yeah, like right now they are a couple games behind. They're a game and a half behind Miami. And they are a couple games out of seventh and eighth place in the East. Um, I, my ultimate feeling is the reason that Vooch was chosen beyond obviously having a good year is them being really rigid about the positional guidelines. That's what I feel it is because he's a center and Bam is like a power forward ish center and, and things like that. So I'm, I'm guessing they went that way and, you know, maybe like Bam was a couple different positions, which is, I think the reason that, I believe Chris Middleton was left off an All-NBA team last year, is that he had gotten votes at forward and guard, but they weren't enough to make up for whatever Russell Westbrook had gotten. Like, it was very weird. But, yeah, I think – I just want to see the positional breakdown because, like, you just – yeah, he's he, – this year in his play-by-play -play data – um, Bam is literally 50-50 as a power forward and a center. And then last year you saw like Anthony Davis made the All-NBA team as, in, as a center because they still go by that pretty rigidly as well. 
And uh, yeah, so I, I'm guessing the rigidity is the reason that Bam was ultimately left off the team. And uh, yeah, otherwise, like, honestly, like, it had to be pretty close between a Julius Randle and a, uh, and the DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah. And um, like Indiana is technically in fourth place right now. And they're a pretty group effort also. Like, I, I feel like Randall probably has like a, a larger usage than a guy like Domus. And th- they're a game and a half over um, New York right now, but yeah, it's, it had to be pretty close. And um, yeah, it's, uh, I I was just a a little surprised that some of these guys made it. Like not very surprised by Zach Levine, not surprised by Ben Simmons, a little surprised by Julius and a little surprised by Vooch. Yeah, I'd say like, yeah, like Julius and Levine were like the most kind of just surprising, I guess, first first time All-Stars. But again- No, I I think Zach Levine like has just been lights out this year. Like, I, I think he's proven a lot of the people, like, um, who kind of judged his efficiency and everything. Like, like he's been efficient. He's been just a, a absolute bucket getter this year. He, he's having a fantastic season. And, and Chicago is in the thick of things right now in the Eastern, like, playoff kind of run there for uh, 7 to 10. So, yeah, I, I, when Chicago started winning games – that I think that played Zach Levine. Yeah, it change, change, you know, prospects. And you look at a team like, you know, just type of, you know, the Raptors who didn't have as, as hot a start, you know, don't get their, you know, their guys in. So, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of, kind of, yeah, and, um, and Siakam, they, they seem to be on the outside looking in. No, 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 for sure. Oh, for sure. And I mean, that's indicative. But, you know, we were talking about, you know, those all NBA teams and the NBA is. Re- rigidity you know about some of these things well that leads us into what we're going to be talking about today and that's kind of just going through you know mid-season and just kind of giving those predictions on what those award races all NBA teams we feel will look like obviously yeah. still time to go we did a preseason as well and honestly even just comparing the two there you know there's obviously a lot of similarities but there's you know a few a few um differences that have you know popped popped out so without further ado let's you know, hop right in where we're at this point of the, the season. What is your take on this MVP race? Like, who are you feeling at this current moment? Because there are a few guys that are that are standing out right now. And just looking at the uh, betting odds, Vegas does currently still have LeBron as, as the favorite. Yeah, that could be, man. But I, I'm, I'm going by... I think largely what I've seen so far, and I, I just feel like that's likely to continue. Like I, as crazy as it is, like I'm not sure LeBron is like focused completely on winning the MVP this year. Yeah, and I'm not saying that he doesn't want to, and I'm not saying like you know he won't try to, but I think he cares about something more than winning the MVP, and that's winning another championship. And, you know, everything's kind of been put in his favor so far to, to win that. And, like, he started off the season that's the Lakers' leading scorer and, you know, having this heavy offensive load once again. Um, and then they kind of hopped out to the, the best record. Anthony Davis getting hurt, I think, probably, like, even, like, hurts the chances a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, so if I had to vote one through five on MVP right now, and this is also like predicting what's going to happen at the end of the season. Um, I would say my favorite for MVP at this point is Nikola Jokic. And I just think that he's had an absolutely ridiculous year. I, I think he's went up that next step. I know Denver is still kind of like in the lower, I guess, part of the Western playoff pool at this point. But that could, but that, I think they're going to get better. Yeah. I think they're still in a good and fine place. Yeah. We'll yeah, exactly. Like I, I, they're not far outside of like fifth place. Um, yeah, the, the top four seems to have kind of established himself a bit, but yeah, um, with right now it's Utah, the two LA teams and Phoenix. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like Denver should be sneaking up those rankings and Nikola Jokic right now is having just an absolutely monster year. He um, had 41 points tonight and like, it was like a casual 41. Uh, against the Portland Trailblazers. He is shooting 40% from three. He's 87% from the line and 56% from the field, 26.6 points per game, 11.1 rebounds, and 8.5 assists. 1.7 steals per game as well. Like just amazing instincts on both ends of the floor. Um, the, the stat sheet. Yeah, he's leading the NBA in value over replacement player um, in offensive box plus minus and box plus minus. He's shooting a ridiculous 65.2% true shooting percentage. And um, yeah, he's having just like the, the offensive load that he carries this season is incredible. Um, he's, yeah, like to me, he, he's been the favorite for MVP this year. Um, followed very closely by another center in Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid is another person who's just taken like an insane load as far as his individual offense, um, shooting close to 40% from three as well. Um, and then he, of course, gets the line almost 12 times per game and shooting 85% there, averaging 30.3 points per game. 11.3 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 1.3 steals, and 1.4 blocks. And then when you get to the analytics as well, he's um, doing very well as far as box plus minus, value over replacement player, leading the NBA in player efficiency rating, and also shooting an insane 65.7% true shooting percentage. So yeah, those two guys, to me, have been the top two MVP candidates so far this year. And it's hard to say otherwise, unless you go by narrative and everything there. And I know LeBron is hasn't had like the easiest year with all of the injuries and things happening to the Lakers as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think like I honestly feel like at this point he's he would be my third place in the MVP voting, and he's playing from behind a little bit at this point. And then uh, my next two MVP uh, votes would go to um, fourth place. I have Kawhi Leonard. And uh, fifth place, I have Giannis and Tintacumpo. And so I leave out guards, um, but I, I still feel there are a few who are definitely in the discussion. But yeah, th that would be my top five right now. Did you have anything else to add or any other different uh, players that you had in your top five? 
I, I think it's it's gonna be it would be hard for this guy to to make it at the top, but obviously I think Dame is having just a great a great season. But obviously I I think it's hard to you know put him over, especially when you talk about the actual winning of it. Like I think Jokic and especially like Embiid has been pretty pretty dominant. It's yeah, it's it's got to be those like those two or or LeBron. I really don't see anybody else at this point that can really crack that. Yeah, like I, I just feel Kawhi and Giannis are both playing really well and um, or at least in the conversation. Like, it, I don't know, I, I guess beyond even like Jokic and Embiid, I think have just been so dominant this year that they have to be at the top of the conversation. Um, and as you know, much as you can just, I like the thing I never really have much of a problem with is just giving it to the best player and yeah. just knowing that LeBron is probably going to turn into playoff for LeBron once again and be fantastic. But, you know, who knows? And he's also having a, a great individual season. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that there are a couple guards who could certainly be in the, at least in the discussion as well with Damian Lillard and, um, and Stephen Curry. And uh, they were they were players I both thought about it in my fifth place, but ultimately, yeah, I, I think um, Jokic and Embiid have just kind of dominated the conversation, and uh, we'll see what LeBron does. Like if LeBron really does try and fight for it, but right now, if you're just talking about like you know regular season, LeBron right now averaging twenty five point eight, eight point two rebounds, eight point one assists, one steal per game. Um, shooting pretty well from three, 35.5%, um, 70.4% for LeBron, which is, I guess, close to 85% by his standards. Just kidding. Um, 50% from the field right now. And then when it comes to like the other analytics, he's definitely behind both players. Um, I'm guessing maybe in certain analytics, he's a little bit ahead. He's shooting a really good true shooting percentage as well. 59%. 59%. But yeah, I just feel like he's even like a tad behind his pace last year, just in terms of his individual play. And obviously they added a few players this year who were who going to kind of lessen the burden on, on LeBron. Um, but yeah, I think that it's, um, it's looking like it's going to be tough for him to win MVP unless people are just going by the narrative and playing by the fact that LeBron is obviously closer to the end of his career. And it's just incredible that he's still able to do what he does and is in the discussion as being the the best player in the league, even at this age, after doing it for as long as he has. Yeah. I think 18th year. And he's one of the, you know, it's, it's LeBron, Kareem, Carmelo, the guys over 35,000 career points. Just cracked 35,000. But the other thing with LeBron is the 9,000 rebounds and 9,000 assists. And like the fact that he's probably like, I, I seriously think he's trying to get to like 40, 10 and 10. And that it's just like, you look, unprecedented. At, you look at the, you know, like what, yeah. Like how many years they expect him to, to still have. It's like, that's all possible. That's definitely within it's possible reaches. You know, hey, if the NBA goes back to 82 games next, next. It's season. not a certainty, but it's, yeah. it's possible. Possible. No, like it's, Again, to be at this to be at this uh, scoring level is pretty crazy. But moving on from MVP, let's uh, let's dive into the Rookie of the Year. And we've we've covered this this draft class. Obviously, we you know due to the delay in the draft, we had a lot of time to talk about this draft class. But um, 
what is it like, what's your kind of your feeling right now on the, that rookie of the year race? Yeah, I think there's a clear front runner right now. Um, as well as like, there, there's a clear top two to me. And that has been LaMelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton. And right now I would have LaMelo as the rookie of the year. Um, LaMelo finally is, has been inserted into Charlotte's starting lineup and it looks like he's there to stay. Um, I, I want to give props to like Terry Rozier, who is just much more efficient this year and um, has certainly improved quite a bit. And Charlotte's been kind of like a surprising team. Like obviously Gordon Hayward was playing near an all-star level. And I know he was, I, I feel like he kind of was out of the all-star conversation near the end, but certainly having a, a very good year. Um, but yeah, LaMelo Ball has been fantastic. And um, he's been like, you know, the player that uh, people were talking about is at least the draft Twitter favorite and the Viseland favorite um, as best player in the draft and currently averaging uh, 14.6 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, 6.1 assists. The shooting 34.6% from three, which was a slight surprise based on what he shot in Australia. And um, yeah, he's been like 80% from the free throw line as well. 45% field goal percentage, true shooting, not amazing, like 53.5, but, you know, still at least rookie, yeah. Yeah. for a rookie, that is like not bad. And um, yeah, he, uh, the, the other thing is like the assist to turnover ratio and like over two to one right now, 1.6 steals per game. He's just been so exciting and has made them a team to really watch. And uh, yeah, I, I think Tyrese Halberton has played a fantastic role for Sacramento and has certainly helped them. Yeah, he's kind of been the surprise, surprise guy of the, the, the draft thus far, you know, really starting off strong. I think, I don't, I don't think it was that much of a surprise. I think it was just a surprise how much better he has been than like the next player in this uh, rookie yeah, class. More of that. And I like, I saw him in college and I was very impressed. And he obviously, he has a great feel for the game, a fantastic passer in his own right, rarely makes mistakes. Like his assisted turnover ratio, I'm guessing is still absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So right now, 5.3 assists to 1.5 turnovers per game, not playing as heavy of an on-ball role as LaMelo. And I think people kind of classified him as a point guard when he was that really good linking player playing who was able to play next to a point guard, which was why it was such a good pick for Sacramento who already had De'Aaron Fox. And for the people that were kind of worried about him, like, you know, he has the size to move over and play shooting guard. And I, I think he, he, at least while he may have kind of lacked some physical tools, he was at least really smart defensively. Um, and so right now he's averaging, um, 12.8 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 1.3 steals, and shooting almost 50% from the field, 44.2% from three with 2.3 three-pointers per game. And still not getting to the line um, over one time per game, but he's at 84.2% and has always been, I think, a, at least a, a decent free throw shooter when he does get the chance there. Um, has a positive net rating and um, shooting a much better than LaMelo 
six percent. I just feel like they play slightly different roles, and um, you know, I, I think uh, Halliburton still has the doesn't have the the burden of like the higher usage role that a Lamella Ball has, um, and yeah, so he's just been really fantastic in his role. And uh, yeah, I, I think the rookie of the year is certainly seems to be between those two players at this point. Um, I doubt anybody is really going to steal first place votes beyond those two. Um, one player who I think might end up in third place, and I just, if you hear him in an interview, I, I think you, you just love him, and it's Anthony Edwards. And um, beyond, like, he hasn't been efficient. There, 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 there certainly are issues, but like, the, obviously the dunk on Utah Watanabe, um, even with him not having the best stat line in that game, but he's, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just so explosive, and I think he's getting better and, and kind of figuring things out. Going to keep getting you know more point time and you know getting yeah. more experience you know as the year goes on. So again, like he's someone that could. Come, but yeah, right now again, it does look like this this two horse race with the with Lamelo and, and Halliburton. But yeah, yes. Yeah. So it has not been efficient at all. And whereas you, you know you looked at some of Lamelo's Australia statistics and shooting percentages, and you kind of wondered how that would translate to the NBA. Um, Ant's percentages have definitely been really similar to his. Like Lamelo's gotten a little better there, and Ant has been similar, if not worse. Um, but I, I think it's, it's going to trend in the right direction eventually. Um, he's at least upped his three-point shooting percentage to 31.3%, uh, which was much lower. He's near 80% from the foul line. Um, he's at 38% also, or 37.5%, but close to 38% from the field. Still not good, but I think it's, it's getting better, and I, I think we're just seeing the explosiveness. We're seeing the ability to get to the basket, and I, I just think that's going to continue in the right direction. I think he's he's figuring things out. And, you know, luckily they have Carl Anthony Towns back. So that should help as well, um, playing with a, a player of that prestige and ability. And uh, also so. playing, and playing back, the, back into the lottery again there. So, you know, he's going to get he's going to get a chance, especially, you know, since playoffs look uh, pretty, pretty out of touch for them based on that that current trajectory. But. Yeah, I also agree that he is he's a great, great interview. He's also someone who's very sure of himself, as you've seen in some interviews. When asked if he could even do sports he's never even attempted before, he still says yes and he will be better than you. So yeah, you gotta like he's 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 a good he's he's an entertaining guy and definitely like he's gonna keep building, you know, a good little little fan base with like having some, some posterizing dunks. But moving on from the rookie of the year, what about defensive player of the year? Who What's up? What about defensive player of the year? Who are the like? Who do you think is in that elite? Because for me, I'm I I think Rudy Gobert again, kind of like comes to the front of the line. That that's absolutely right. Yeah, it it has to be. And like be with sure. the way Utah's played, and obviously so much of their they, they played well on both ends of the floor this year, but so much of their identity is th- that defense and the centerpiece of that and you know the the guy guarding the paint is Rudy Gobert right now they're they're currently second in the league in defensive rating I believe Rudy is still leading the league in defensive rating 
Um, yes, he is. He his defensive rating is 100. He has a very positive offensive rating as well. Um, but yeah, he is just still a 7.4 block percentage also. And uh, yeah, like he is that ultimate like paint deterrent. You, you really have to worry about him if he's going in, in drop coverage and uh, like they, they just try and keep him near the basket and uh, it seems to work exceptionally well this year. No, definitely. And yeah, like the other guys that were kind of, you know, on in, in the hunt, you know, all eighties, obviously, you know, Anthony Davis being hurt, probably hurt, but I'd say like Miles Turner leading the league in blocks right now. And then Clint Capello leading the league in rebounds, but unfortunately Atlanta is not going to be a contention team, but yeah, to me, I think it's, it's definitely Rudy's to lose at, at this. Point. Yeah. The two players that I actually have after Rudy would be Anthony Davis. The Lakers are number one in defensive rating. And I feel like Anthony Davis is obviously their best defender. And as well. Yeah. 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 I still have, I, cause I figure he's going to come back and um, like the crazy part is Jason, like we're still not even at the halfway point of the supposed oh. season. So there's still a lot of season left to play. So that's why these were kind of predictions as well. And then uh, the other player I have, and I, I think you could have a couple players here um, from Philadelphia with uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but I went with Joel Embiid, who I, I just think is a fantastic all-around defender as well. And um, certainly will be in the thick of things, I think, for that award and uh, for all defensive team consideration. Nice. Yeah, I think it's going to be the uh, French rejection, as they call him. <laughs> but yeah, basketball reference, if you like, they always have like these nicknames for players you've like never heard before. Yeah. Well, but, the Stifle Tower is, is obvious. Tower, the Gobert. Um, the Gobert Go Gobzilla is one I, I haven't heard. <laughs> so, yeah. I just, I just call him, I just call him Rudy by, by his name, but, um, you know, he's having a great year in Utah's having a great year. And again, like not gonna be the last time you're gonna hear them mentioned, you know, as we go through these these awards, because uh, we're moving on to sixth man of the year. And who's who are you feeling as the front runner right now? Because I, I, I have a personal favorite in the race. Okay. But it's it's quite obviously Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's uh he's been on, I, I think what people refer to as a season long heater and um, yeah, just shooting completely out of his mind. Um, and yeah, when you like add the increased efficiency to Jordan Clarkson and like just that absolute offensive kick off of the bench with the best team in the league, I, I think that that certainly puts him in, in the front of the race. Um, and I, I'm, I think, I know that uh, Eric Gordon is considered like a six man of the year candidate, but he's started half of their games. Yeah, he's kind of like. Uh, I'm, throwing, I'm throwing that one out. Yeah, he's trying as, to. As far as like six man, because I, I feel like six man should start very few of their games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm throwing Gordon out as like a, a guy who is, is, if you're talking about six man of the year candidates, I, I think um, Jordan Clarkson is the leading scorer at least. No, for sure. Like the next guy, the, the, the kind of personal fave on my end is Chris Boucher. I think yes. he's great. And that, that's where I have in second place. Yeah. 
having a great year, you know, off the bench for the for the Raptors. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy looking at looking at a stat line, you know, 23 minutes, 13 points, two blocks. Yeah. You know, so really just someone that is coming off the bench and, and really doing it this year. And he's only started one one game, his first ever career start earlier. I think it was like a week ago. But yeah, I think he, he'd be like that second sort of person that I, I'm looking at. But I, yeah, I think Jordan Carson like this year has just really been yeah been pretty on, on fire. Um, the, uh, the other thing with Chris Boucher is averaging 1.6 made three-pointers per game on 45% three-point shooting. So really bringing that stretch element as well that was always the, the intriguing factor with him. Um, along with that top-notch athleticism, yes, he's still, you know, very skinny. <laughs> and that's always going to be something with him. He might always will be, but you know what? He gets on the court and things, good things happen. That is absolutely you know? true. And I think and then, an article about him, you know, that, that the guy from Sportsnet did. It's like a super long article. But yeah, yeah, it talks a lot about how, you know, basically at every level people are like, Oh, he's not going to be able to do anything, and then they put him in the yeah. game. <laughs> he does things. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to mathematically, you know, add up. It's like I'm not surprised Chris Boucher is doing things. Go, go, go for it. Yeah, like he he definitely you know make, makes it happen. Mm-hmm. And then Shake Milton would be the only like the other player I've you know that kind of has a little bit of buzz as well. Philly's Philly's playing well. He's you know doing a pretty good job off off the bench there. I actually had a different player in third place. And I, I think Shake is a good selection and Philly still is uh, the team with the best record in the Eastern Conference. I, I went with Montrez and I, I just feel like he's going to get kind of even more of an opportunity over the next little while. Still has the really positive net rating. And um, yes, there are Certainly, every time I watch Laker games, there are certainly defensive issues with Montrez. And um, he may have the insanely long wingspan, but he still is like, I think, six foot eight at best. And he, um, so yeah, usually like there's a bit of a, a height and kind of a lateral quickness issue there, maybe uh, on the defensive end. But yeah, he, he's still been that huge offensive force. And uh, forcing the paint for the Lakers. So, yeah, I, I think as the Lakers likely still remain like in the, the thick of things, I'm, I'm guessing he'll at least get some consideration for um, second or third place. But Jordan Clarkson, I, I think, is the clear favorite for the award. Yeah, he's, you know, almost 20 game. He's had some pretty, pretty nice performances as of late. And then moving on, one of my favorite awards is that most improved player. There's definitely some, you know, pretty good, pretty good candidates this year when you when you think about it. But obviously, it's a war that you know can come under some interpretation. But yeah, like who who's your kind of front running guy right now for for most improved? Yeah, I, I think you could even have like uh, players like you know some of the all stars like uh, I, I think Jalen Brown's improved a great deal. I think Zach Levine, like Julius Randall, all the, all those guys have. The player that I have just based on it, it's usually like the huge transformation and I know they're not playing very well as a team, but I think he's playing significantly, you know, better last year as a player. Um, So I'm going with Jeremy Grant and uh, yeah, you know, Jeremy Grant signs in in Detroit. 
You knew he was going to have a better role, bigger role. You didn't know he was going to be averaging almost 24 points per game. Yeah, it's obviously it's very different. And, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a different NBA. They're not winning many games, but I, I don't think you can put a lot of the blame on Jeremy Grant. And I think that, you know, when you have that huge point differential from, uh, you know, the year, and 1920 to 2021, that, that's pretty big. Yeah. And then um, behind him, I have Christian Wood. I do as well. I think also, you know, again, take, taking it, taking it, you know, new team, new role, but really, again, taking, you know, transforming himself, you know, to that 20, you know, plus point a game guy. Mm -hmm. And then, as we mentioned, he's, he's getting more minutes per game, but yeah, absolutely is increased everything as far as a per minute basis. And then, you know, my other people that are, are there are, as we mentioned, those all-star guys, so like Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, guys that have kind of, you know, taken a little turn. And then just because, I, again, I love him as a player, I am thinking Chris Boucher as well as, again, oh, sir. transforming himself into a specific role. My third place was Chris Boucher. Yeah. Just went with him. Because, again, I, I mean, Yeah, like he's truly expanded his role this year. I mean, he's basically he's doubled doubled his minutes scoring, you know, everything. And again, yeah, that you know, speaks speaks volumes of what he he is as a player. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I definitely think yeah, Jeremy Grant and Christian Wood kind of seem like the 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 favorites at this moment, just because they have again like taken this kind of leap up. Yeah, I I think the impressive thing with Boucher is he's averaging fewer rebounds per game this year, but everything else seems to be up. And then shooting 65.2% true shooting percentage also. Um, yeah, just a, a more efficient player as well this year. Not to mention that when you're just looking at his raw statistics, like he's doubled his scoring. And um, yeah, it's been, I, th I think, a, a really impressive year. And like he's gone from being kind of like the lower end rotation player to one of the higher end ones. Yeah, he's the first, he's that first dude off, off the bench, right? right now and deserving, deservingly so. So yeah, most improved player, definitely a cool award to you know keep, keep looking out for as the year progresses. But that's it for the individual awards. Now we're gonna kind of move into our, our teams. So we got our, as we talked way earlier about the rigidity of the league, but we got our all NBA teams. Mikey, who are you kind of, aside from Jokic, your MVP, you have LeBron, I'm guessing. Yeah. I think the rigidity of the center position is like where the all-star game kind of went to like the front court, the all NBA team still has that rigid frame where unfortunately it needs to be between Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid rather than having both of them on the team. Can end up MVP, the others at all NBA second team, even though they could be like the second. Yeah, I know, man. Well, like even sometimes in the past you've had, um, a player that's one defensive player of the year being on the all defensive second team. Like it's crazy, but um, yeah, it, it would be nice if they were a little more loose with the definition. Like I, I would say maybe even like a little positionless with who they had on the all NBA teams, but no, they usually go two guards, two forwards and a center. So I went by that format as well. And my all NBA first team is with the, the two guards, I went with Damian Lillard, who was 
not named an all-star starter, I felt should have been an all-star starter over Luka Doncic this year. I think it's fairly close, but uh, I'm still so going Dame and Stephen Curry as my two backcourt players. Um, and then I went with LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and Nikola Jokic. Do you have a first team or do you want me to just keep going? You can keep going. My, my first team is is pretty much the same. Okay, you can, you can just name yours after. I'll just keep going. Um, All-NBA second team, I have Luka Doncic, James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Kevin Durant. And my center is Joel Embiid, of course. And then my All-NBA third team, I went with Devin Booker. I'm throwing all-star selections out the window there. Um, Dovin Mitchell, Paul George, assuming Anthony Davis comes back and plays his way onto this team, and Rudy Gobert as the center because Utah has been fantastic. So I think it's a slight change over my initial team that I had announced in preseason. But yeah, give me your teams. Um, pretty much, you know, pretty pretty similar. I want to say like the one thing I had, I had Donovan Mitchell on my second team. So I'd like Luke oh. as, as my guards on my over second who? Over, cause you had, I think you had Steph. I had Steph on my first team and on my second team, I had Luka Doncic and James Harden. Oh, then I had him over Harden. <laughs> cause <laughs> I did, yeah, Harden on my third team. Maybe we can assist man. And, and the Nets may be the, the best team in the East. I know it's up and, you know, the, the one guy that I was – I couldn't find a spot on a team for is Bradley Beal as well as having a pretty – Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about Bradley Beal, but I, I went with the players playing on teams with 20 records. Yeah. No, definitely, like – yeah, Bradley Beal, Joe, and Brown. Like Bradley the, Beal gets traded. I think his chances might be better. And who knows if that's going to happen, you know, because that's, you know, a tough – Possibly. Possibly. But yeah, no, def- definitely. I think you know Dame on the the NBA first team is something that needs to happen. So yeah, I, I, I think he's in position at the very least. I would and, do it. Uh, I was a little surprised he wasn't last year, but yeah, it was uh, it was certainly close. But it's funny when I look at my look back at my preseason because yeah, like Luca was definitely on my first team, and he was like I think second in my MVP. Yeah, but you know, over overall, you know, like the guys that you know didn't for me that you know that aren't there that were, you know, in my preseason were were pretty much you know Jimmy Butler, you know, because he's been out, Jason Tatum, Pascal Siakam. Oh, that were on your initial. They were on the preseason. Yeah. Preseason. Yeah. But either way, I mean, definitely, definitely some good competition on 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 these teams, and definitely a lot of. A lot of moving, you know, parts that can play themselves out between Durant, Giannis, Kawhi, like all these guys, you know, can really always make their cases. I I was certainly thinking about Jason Tatum as a possibility as well. And, uh, yeah, I am pretty happy with the teams that I have. But, yeah, I I think there will absolutely be competition. Now. Obviously predictions, and we're we're never – to this point, you know, we're, we're as close to perfect as you can humanly be, but, you know, we might be, you know, 99.9% accurate. So, yeah, it could be some variability. The great ones are at least 95. Yeah. So we were above that. According to 
a Star Wars character who shall remain nameless. Um, the all-rookie first team, did you make yours or do you want me to just go with uh, my couple? You can go. You can go with yours. I just had to, you know, I kind of listed off some 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 names. Okay. It all matches. My all rookie first team: Lamelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, okay. Anthony Edwards, Patrick Williams of the Chicago Bulls, and Emmanuel Quickly. A certainly a surprise to me of the New York Knicks. I, I think he has a, a very good chance of making the first he's team. He's played some good games, yeah. And I, I think he's at least like seeming like an all-rookie lock if he keeps it up. Um, yeah, it's certainly surprising considering the that people felt like, I, well, partially OB Toppin has been behind an all-star player this year in Julius Randle. But um, yeah, it's a little surprising. And then my all-rookie second team, I have the Grizzlies, Desmond Bain. I have Cole Anthony of the Orlando Magic. I'm assuming he comes back from injury and makes the team. I'm going to go with a couple big guys in James Wiseman, who I think will come back from injury and likely make the team as well. And Xavier Tillman Sr., also of the Memphis Grizzlies, who's been getting some really good playing time and playing very well. Not surprisingly so to people that knew his track record at Michigan State. Um, and my last spot, I, I'm, I have to, I have to do it. Pin Pritchard. That's all I was waiting for, really. Yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's been well. I knew you were. That's why I waited. I mean, Ty, Tyrese Maxey's playing well too, but like he is, he is, but. As of late, it seems like he's kind of in the doghouse now. So, yeah, he, he's really kind of um, moved down their death chart a little bit in, in the last few games. I don't know if there's something else up there, but, yeah, he, he's um, kind of – at least his playing time has been a, a bit stunted. And, yeah, I, I, he, he didn't play these past couple of games against uh, the Raptors. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm all – you know, as you know, all in on, on the Peyton Pritchard – bandwagon there so you know super super happy for him thus far he's you know shooting, shooting you know shooting pretty pretty decently and getting getting some time but you know we'll, we'll see i know people were talking about peyton going 50 40 90 oh yeah I, that, that was always a, a pipe dream i felt that, that, I yeah think he's, he's still wow well. the fact that he's even as close as he is is pretty amazing no totally and he's getting he's yeah. Started a game. I mean, he's hopefully getting- Boston can win some games. That's the next step too, because they, they've uh, since Ken looks coming back. It, it hasn't. Well, let, let, let's also be real. They miss Marcus Smart, and Marcus Smart has always been play, a player that people knew was incredibly important, even when he was at his most offensively inefficient. Is just so important in terms of leadership, defense, like what he brings to the table. Um, and was having a really good year as well. So yeah, with, without Marcus Smart, I like people knew Marcus Smart was a very valuable piece of the team, and I, I think they're they're seeing that right now also. But you know, again, like log jammed pretty tight. I mean, it's like you got the Sixers and Nets at the top, and, and like everyone else is, is pretty you know decent decently close there in the East. So Celtics definitely not not out of it, but obviously need to to do. Yeah. 
to turn to turn a little bit of a corner there because again they don't want to be the six the six seed. That's not you know where they kind of left off last year yeah. and what they're you know trying to do. So yeah, three and seven over the last ten. So yeah, they they do need to at least pick it up a, a little bit. And yeah, like the the fact that they're thirty one games in and have a losing record is uh, a little surprising. I'm not sure if you you saw the game today, but Luka Doncic with an incredible couple of three-pointers. Yeah, he definitely can't. I saw those because obviously he always likes to show up at that time. Mm-hmm. Except in that one game against the Blazers a couple weeks ago where he missed that open three at the end. Yeah, where he, well, he was too open. Yeah, but yeah, like he, he definitely like hits those those super ridiculous. Yeah, the, well, the step backs, is, it's a shot. Yeah, oh, for, for it's sure. It's a shot, and yeah, he, he's upped his three-point percentage uh, over the last little while, too, and I'm sure wh- when you shoot six of eight from three, that, that's going to up in a few, probably a, a couple points as well. So, yeah, at least a, 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 I'm guessing probably a point in the positive. Yeah, and again, like like Western Conference, too, like the maps are are the nine right now, but everything is, is they're, you know, a game out. Everything is, is super close right now for a lot of these kind of after that basically the the top four in the west that's where you know it really opens up for the rest of the teams in that those last few spots so we'll, we'll definitely see some you know pretty heated competition there but yeah this is what this was our you know we did our preseason this is kind of you know a, a mid midest season predictions of how we feel the awards are going to go but you know definitely if there's you know awards that you agree on disagree on you know definitely let us know in the comments like who are some or some guys you, you think are worthy of the awards that we did not give the props to. Yeah. Or some we gave props to that you don't like. Let us know why you don't like them. Why I left Sadiq Bay off the all rookie second team. I better can... Shoot us a comment and who would be your two guards on the all NBA third team? That that's was a really tough one for me. Yeah, there's there's because there's yeah, there's so many, so many guys out there. But definitely let us let us know in the, in the comments. And then if you're on iTunes and you're listening to this podcast, definitely go ahead and please leave us a review. We super, super appreciate that. It's very helpful. We love what, doing what we do, and we hope that you love it as well. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. I'm at Jay Weisenberg on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. If you want to follow him, Michael Weisenberg, on Twitter, that is at NBA Draft Mikey V. If you like the both of us as a combination, you can follow us at Viseland. You'll yes, we'll have an at Viseland poll this week as well. Yeah, we we pop up the poll, so we want to know your you know get the consensus of the community on yeah. very heated topics and issues of this time. Best NBA Jam team. Best NBA Jam team from the original game. Yes. I did a blog piece about that. You we're can... gonna we're gonna do your top four. Okay, because I was like, I can't I can't do we a multiple... do your top four. I can't do a multiple choice poll for uh, 27 teams. Yeah. But I'll do, I'll do the top the four. Top four. <laughs> but, you know, if you're interested in that as well, I, you know, I wrote a blog about it. It's, it's just fun, like, going to, looking back at the at the old arcade and a little bit of the console. There's some differences between the console and the arcade of, like, Shaq not being in the console, but he was in the arcade. But, yeah, NBA Jam, just, a, just a, like, fun game and just, like, fun little debates to kind of think about, like, even now, like two on two with the whole NBA, you know, like what would those teams look like? Who are those guys? So, you know, hey, that would be the LeBron James and Anthony Davis would win. Well, I think when the, they did the most recent like NBA jam that I had in my possession was I had like on Xbox and it was 
LeBron in, in Miami. And so it was like LeBron and Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosch. You'd kind of like rotate. There was always LeBron and, but like those were like the, the squads. Yeah. I, I think Anthony Davis is the best player he's ever played with. No, no, oh, for sure. But yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's like a, I'll have to, if there's, if you guys have a mod for like an NBA jam with like modern day roster, let me know. I would love to check it out. Nets would be pretty damn good too. <laughs> yeah. Just a fun, just a fun game. Cause again, it takes all the, you know, the rules are just like an arcade style throwdown of just dazzling dunks and basketball bloopers, which is something that I've always been a bit a fan of. But, you know, thank you guys so much again for, for coming and checking us out every week. And we hope to, to catch y'all next week. Yeah, thank you. And again, reiterating what Jason said, any likes, subscribes, subscribers, anything that you do for this podcast that shows us some love it would be great to get to more ears and eyes and we love talking about basketball and we're hoping to, to grow this podcast. So just have appreciated everybody that watched our episodes over the last few weeks and the last number of weeks of Island. If you were there from the beginning, thank you very much. If you are new here, thank you. And if you show us that support, we would greatly appreciate it. Yep. Yep. Catch y'all next week. <laughs>